Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome again to CDO Magazine's interview series. And today, this is Ed Scott, the CEO of Electrify, and I am super excited to have the opportunity to spend some time with Kirk Ball, uh, a senior data and technology executive from the great firm Giant Eagle. Kirk, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, uh, thanks, Ed, for spending some time with me. And uh, it's also not only the end of our quarter, it's the end of our fiscal year. So we've had the countdown going now for a couple of weeks and uh, trying to wrap lots of things up, just like I'm sure you are. Indeed. Well, for the our, our visitors and our viewers and listeners around the world, across over 300,000 uh, listeners and as many as 76 or even maybe as many as 100 countries today, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Giant Eagle, uh, Kirk's company. It is one of the largest privately owned enterprises in the United States. It is a phenomenal company uh, comprised of freestanding pharmacies, uh, convenience stores, uh, C-stores uh, with stations, and of course, the flagship uh, supermarkets. Uh, it is a phenomenal company. For those who don't know it, I would urge you to go check it out on uh, on the web. And Kirk is going to tell you a little bit about it, but maybe what you could share with us to start off with before we get into it today, Kirk, maybe just share with the viewers and listeners a little bit about your background, because it is phenomenal. Yeah, so uh, I've been blessed. I've worked at a number of phenomenal companies uh, during my career. I won't take you through the whole list, but uh, a couple of highlights are Honda of America Manufacturing, um, Ein's company, uh, which was phenomenal. Uh, and then Kroger, I was chief technology officer there. Uh, when I left and then uh, became the CIO at the Christ Hospital Health Network. So I got a little bit of experience in the uh, healthcare industry, which was fascinating. Really enjoyed that great mission. And uh, now I'm the Chief Information Officer for Giant Eagle. Phenomenal. It's a, it's a great background. To all of our uh, listeners and viewers, welcome. And we're going to talk a little bit today about practical AI and machine learning and NLP and computer vision and how specifically to drive value out of your out of your data. And it is a very, very difficult thing. It is the, the subject that most companies, whether you're a large large enterprise, a medium-sized enterprise, or a small enterprise, you are all struggling with your with your data. Let's start off with that, you know, if we could. If we could, Kirk, you know, we've been on this journey for 10, 15 years of cloud platforms, software, tools, you know, all of it, uh, SIs, consulting firms. Why is why are people still having difficulty turning their data into real business value and into a competitive weapon to drive their business? Why is that? You know, I, I think part of it is the uh, volume and velocity of data continues to grow and continues to increase in speed. Um, I think the tooling that we have available to harness that volume and velocity of data, <clears throat> it continues to evolve and change and become more sophisticated over time. So there's kind of a constant learning cycle. And then I think, uh, you know, there's also the challenge of trying to solve business problems and put in systems and put in solutions at the same time that you're trying to harness the data. You know, I think in some cases there's a, you know, a lack of governance of data and really understanding what data you have and then effectively managing that data so that it's it's ingested, it's cleansed, it's cataloged and categorized, and that it's fit for purpose for all the different uh, types of ways that you're, that you're wanting to use that data to really glean the stories out of that data that are being told that give you insight into 
uh, how your business is running or what you should be taking, where you should be taking your business. You know, it's funny uh, to hear you talk about this. I think uh, the world right now is a flutter uh, with the talk about the promise of large language models. And and we certainly at Electrify and, and our CTO certainly believe uh, that offers significant uh, promise. But driving business value remains the elusive, you know, sort of holy grail on, on, a, on a consistent basis. And I'll, I'll, I'll share with you that, you know, some of our clients, they struggle, as I mentioned, you know, in the preamble uh, and in our uh, talk before we went on air today, our clients struggle with uh, building data pipelines and scaling data pipelines and ensuring data quality, you know, across across an enterprise. And without that ability, and I hope our listeners are, our viewers and listeners are paying attention, without that ability to scale, to build and scale these data pipelines and ensure data quality, the promise of machine learning and NLP and computer vision is zero. It is a, it is, it, I, I hate to tell you, it is a zero. And maybe uh, let's go back to some of that comment that you had on data cleansing, ingestion, normalization, and transformation, because these are the foundations. And it's funny, Kurt, it's exactly the stuff that the FT and the Wall Street Journal don't want to talk about, because <laughs> it's not, it's not very exciting. It's not very sexy. But let's talk about that. Let's talk a little bit about that. How does a, you know, how does a company maybe a lot smaller than, than Giant? Uh, that doesn't have the resources. How does a company get its data in order? And how does it cleanse that data? How does it find its data, catalog its data, clean its data? How does it do all that? What what can you share with us on that? Yeah, look, I think there's some uh, I think there's some really good principles that even a company our size that we use. Look, at some, at some point you don't have necessarily all the expertise in the world to handle all these different aspects of gathering data, ingesting data, designing pipelines. Uh, cleansing the data, cataloging it, preparing it for egress into an analytics platform or into an AI platform, into a large language model, per se. So I think the first thing is leverage uh, the vendors that you have access to and the upside that you have access to, and really, really sit down with them and understand what their true capabilities are. Because what you said earlier is incredibly impactful and it's incredibly true. If you don't have the data that's fit for purpose, whether it's to uh, deliver it to some type of an analytics queue, whether it is to uh, deliver it to a large language model, which AI is then going to run over top of, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. Those tools, those tools that are going to use that data, they can be as sophisticated as as there is uh, available. But if you don't have that data fit for purpose, it's not going to be good. So I think you have to have the talent, uh, and whether you do a combination of acquiring that talent, uh, whether you uh, leverage SIs, you know, and I think it's a combination, especially when you're getting started. I think you probably need to leverage some SIs, leverage vendors. Uh, but at the same time, you got to make sure that you're building that skill and that talent uh, in-house as well. Uh, and sometimes that means that you have to grow the skill sets of people that exist or you have to go acquire some skill sets or a combination of the two. So those are some of the, some of the ways that I would, I would answer your question. And of course, things are getting very complicated uh, today, uh, the world in which we find ourselves, because the, the the fastest growing part of the data world is really in unstructured data. And that could be PDFs, it could be call center transcripts, it could be uh, images or, or video. How do you, uh, what can you share with us about how you're dealing with unstructured data, with particularly within the construct and the framework uh, that you that you just laid out for people? 
Yeah, look, at the end of the day, what we're doing is we're uh, making sure we catalog all of our data effectively, regardless of the type of data, putting it in a repository that's fit for the type of data that is yeah. going to reside there, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, image data, whether it's text data, uh, whatever it might be, uh, and making sure that we have the right repository, the right type of repository to put the right type of data in that's going to allow that data to be served up and consolidated uh, in an expeditious, effective manner. Uh, but over top of all that certainly is having, you know, the capability to have, for lack of better terminology, uh, a, a card catalog. Uh, you have a semantic layer over top of that data that allows you to understand where your different types of repositories are and how to link them together uh, into a semantic layer uh, type of capability so that you can start to link those sets and those piece different types of data together logically in the way that they're used in the business. So then you start to really get the power of the, uh, the data as it is kind of mashed together within the context of a semantic layer. And you begin to accelerate and, and use that data in a way in which humans can understand it and query it and, and try to extract some value from it. You know, the funny thing is I'm, I'm reminded, Kirk, as I was listening to you with all these great comments, uh, which we're, we're so blessed to hear all this, uh, all of us in the data world. Uh, you know, our CTO, Ming Wang, uh, often says to me, you know, Ed, 90% uh, of the of the companies in America don't have a data catalog. And and it and it's and it's just it's it's such a startling statement that you know if you don't know what data you have or where it is, uh, you know, uh you're you're sort of at some foundational steps before you even figure figure out how to govern it, much less how to figure out how to you know get some value out of it. So these are the foundational steps that that, that companies just must begin to think about systematically, methodically, right. and you know, not try to not try to boil the ocean in a year, but try to make some fundamental steps. But, but you touch on so you have that dimension uh, of the challenge, which is harnessing, cleansing, getting your data fit for purpose. That takes time. That takes investment. At the same time, your organization is putting pressure on the analytics team um, and the data science team to give us insights. We've We've invested this money. So I think you also have to be purposeful in what you go after in what sequence. So uh, I, I don't think the data has to be perfect uh, yeah. in order for you to start getting value out of it. So I think you need to start solving uh, some maybe small and medium, medium size uh, analytical problems uh, and start showing the value as quick as you can, which buys you the trust and confidence of the organization that they are going to get value as you work uh, on some of the work streams that take a little bit of a longer time to get all of the data harnessed, to get all of the data cleansed, and to get all of the data fit for purpose. So don't necessarily try to boil the ocean. Pick pockets of data and then work to gain insights and glean, um, glean value from those pockets of data. Uh, and that gives confidence to the organization that this isn't going to be a three-year journey before we get uh, the first piece of value out of the investment that we're making. Look, I think our our uh, viewers and, and listeners around the world should be paying very close attention to what uh, Kirk is, uh, is saying. And uh, the fact is that most machine learning, NLP, computer vision, you know, projects fail. And... Uh, 
what he's really saying, and let's get into this a little bit, uh, Kirk, uh, for our friends around the world, what he's really saying is that it's really critical for the analytics teams, uh, the data science teams, uh, to actually connect with the business units, to understand the precise business problem that is attempting to be solved, the high value, and to get at it with the right data. And I think so many organizations do try to boil that ocean, do try to you know, take on take on the world mentality that, and, and that's where they fail. And I wondered if you could dive a little bit deeper into that, double click for us a little bit on that, because I think that's going to help some of the smaller companies to focus and prioritize on the high value business case and the data required to solve that high value business case. Can you take us down that path a bit? Yeah, look, we've been intentional and purposeful in putting together, for lack of better terminology, what I'll say is a heat map, but it's a value heat map. And then underneath that value heat map, what uh, is required from a data capabilities or a data uh, a data cleansing perspective in order to deliver that value on that heat map? So, uh, you know, kind of the X and Y matrices is value and then it's effort. Uh, and then you start to identify uh, and you do this kind of by general areas of the business. So whether it's merchandising, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's distribution center, supply chain put together kind of that two by two heat map and identify where's the value, where's the effort. And don't try to solve the biggest, don't try to break the biggest molders up all at once. Pick a mixture, right? You can, you can take a couple of really big uh, challenging uh, problems that are going to take a little bit of time to solve. Uh, and you make sure that those are the right problems, the large problems that your business partner wants you to solve. But at the same time, Pick two or three that are small and you can start generating value right away. That gives them patience to see they start to get some value from those smaller effort initiatives that still have value that are on their roadmaps. At the same time, that allows them, that gives them patience. And so as you take a little bit more time to, to solve these bigger challenges, uh, you've already added value. And so... Uh, I, I think that's an, it, it sounds so simple, but I'm telling you, I think it is so powerful. What, what somebody told me one time not too long ago, what the average lifespan of a chief data officer is? I think it's two years, and, and I think, and I think part of that is is figuring out what to work on in what sequence and what. How do you drive that value quickly so that the organization has patience for the really big rocks that you're trying to break down? Kirk, I want to thank you, and uh, I hope that our viewers around the world, our listeners, uh, will go back and reflect on this and maybe view it a couple of times and, and, and listen to what Kirk is saying about how to be successful, how to drive data, how to, how to get value, business value out of the data, because that's what's going to matter in, uh, in the world going forward, the complicated world that, that we're in today. And I think it is just incredible advice. Thanks, Ed. It was, uh, you did a great job, and it was a pleasure to spend some time with you. Thank you. You're most welcome.